We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Budweiser's weekday sports beat rolls on on Sports Radio 90, uh, 960 AM. I almost did it, force of habit. 960 AM WSBT. Glad to have you along with us and moving into his new time slot. He's like George Jefferson, moving on up. <laughs> Brian Driscoll, Mondays now with us here on Budweiser's weekday sports beat. How you doing, Brian? I am doing great. What a what a could you think of a better way to kick off your week than to get a chance to talk Notre Dame football? I, I really can't. I mean, that's it. You know, I Chuck can't. Chuck said earlier that that hour two of this show is going to be radio gold, and I mean, I've got you talking, you know, Golden Dome and and everything I'm, I'm else. Some I, words with Chuck next time I run into him <laughs> at the next game. No, I felt slighted by that comment. <laughs> he didn't say that you wouldn't be good. You know, he was just... <laughs> I'd rather listen to Chuck than listen to me too. So <laughs> well, you know, like I was saying a few minutes ago, usually when we have you on in the early part of the week, we, we talk more, you know, just, just football stuff than recruiting. But since we've got these two commits here recently I feel like we should touch on them a little bit right now as well let's start with the offensive lineman who I think you kind of teased us with a little bit last week Ashton Craig from Lawrenceburg Indiana just kind of start with your thoughts on him because I know you know just kind of reading some of your stuff and and seeing some social media and stuff like that he's uh, a little bit polarizing I guess right now it is because of your favorite thing. It's he's a three-star recruit, right? <laughs> right? And the thought is, well, Notre Dame shouldn't be recruiting three-star players. I agree. Notre Dame should not be recruiting three-star players, but I don't think every kid that's ranked as a three-star is a three-star <laughs> player. I don't view him as that. And then the counter argument is, let's not forget the last time Ohio State won a national title in 2014 and beat Alabama in the playoff. They had three three-star players starting on their offensive line. But that's a different argument. Right. I really like this kid. And, and Sean, I'm going to be honest. I had, as much as I hate stars, when I first saw they offered him, I had that same reaction. Just, 
okay, they're struggling in other you know, they're struggling to get some of these highly ranked kids. So they're, they're reaching, right? They're looking to find some kid. Then I popped in the film and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I get it. Then my question is, why didn't they offer this kid sooner? You know, and that was kind of my reaction was this is a kid that I would have offered a while ago. And part of it was he's put on about 20, 25 pounds since the end of his junior year and it's good weight. And so they got him on campus. And this is one of those issues where I think the dead period hurt him, his ability to really up his recruiting profile. Because when you watch his junior film, you see a very athletic kid, very strong hands, you know, like a lot of young kids need some technical work, but there's some tools to work with. But you say, okay, but does he really have the frame to grow into a 300 pounder and keep that athleticism? Well, you can't get him on campus and you can't go visit him. So how are you supposed to really tell that? So Notre Dame did the, did the right thing, in my opinion, waited, got him on campus a couple times. He worked out for the Notre Dame staff. Matt Bayless was able to eye him up. Jeff Quinn, Tommy Reese were able to eye him up and say, yeah, we love the frame. And that to me was the thing that, that sold him on it is, okay, we, we knew he had the athleticism. We love his film. Now we think he's got the body. Let's go ahead and make that move. And to me, this is a really good pickup. I'll take a kid like this every year, a kid like Joe Alt every year who they got last year. I'm okay taking a kid like that. And I've said this in the past, Sean, this is the kind of kid that goes to Iowa, goes to Wisconsin, goes to Indiana or Minnesota. Nobody knows who he is because he's a three-star recruit. And then all of a sudden, three years later, as a redshirt sophomore, he's a first-team All-Big Ten kid. Sure. That's how I see this kid projecting. And Notre Dame was smart enough to get on him and add him into class. It's not a sexy pickup, but it's a good football pickup. And it sounds like probably projects as an interior lineman. Is that well, right? That's what they're recruiting him to play, yes. They're recruiting him as a center. I One of the things I like about him, though, Sean, is I think he could play tackle. I think he's got good length. He's got real good length. He's at least 6'4". Uh, you know, he, he looks every bit as tall as Robert Hainsey was. Uh, I, he's a kid that I think could play tackle, and, and that's important hmm. because they don't have a lot of pure tackles on the board left right now. They got Ty Chan as committed. But the rest of the guys on the board that I think they have a legitimate shot with, with the exception of Zach Rice, are interior players. So having a guy like him who can maybe be a swing guy is really important. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And then the other commit they got just earlier today is a defensive end from Keon Keeley. He has the stars next to his name, a oh, four-star yeah. from Tampa. Tell us about him. This is a huge pickup for Notre Dame. So, you know, n number one, you know, Mike Elson has sort of a, a, a type, right? Yeah. So Mike Elson's type is he likes tall, 
He likes really long and he likes athletic. I mean, if you look at the 2021 or in, excuse me, the 2020 NFL draft cycle, who had the the defensive end that had the the most length in the in the draft class? It was Notre Dame with Khalid Kareem. A year later, they repeat that with Adi Tagumba Ogundiji. He loves tall, long, athletic edge players, and Keon is that kind of guy. He also goes to a really good private school down in Florida, Berkeley Prep in Tampa area. Comes from a great program. Their coach has been there for a long time. Coach Gary Godsey, Nelson Aguilar, uh, Ohio State starting right tackle Nelson Pettit Friere is a guy that that they also he also coached who I think would have committed to Notre Dame had Harry Heastan not left for the Bears. But uh, great program, and he's a very high academic kid too. So, uh, and then you go into Florida, you start your class off with an extremely athletic six six incredible wingspan player and you beat florida florida state and miami who were all schools that had offered this kid already so that is big time recruiting and that is a great way to kick off your 2023 class you know we talked a little bit last week about name image and likeness it is coming and the ncaa is basically dumping it on the schools i know you haven't been a big fan of this what 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 maybe if you can spin it toward Notre Dame, what's the biggest upside? What's the biggest downside right now? I'm actually okay with name image likeness. That's okay. that's a different deal than paying players. That's that's okay. a different deal. So we're that's, good with we're good with this. Okay, I'm okay with you. it. I just I think it needs to be managed correctly, and and that's the problem. These kids are just putting these things on Twitter, like, "Hey, NCA is going to do this." So if you're interested in using my thing to make money, like that that that's what we're going to be doing. You want these these businesses to just go through teenagers? That, right. that sounds like a smart idea for you. The lack of leadership from the NCAA is absolutely appalling, but I'm not going to continue that because that wasn't your question. For <laughs> Notre Dame, I think this is a great thing. And, and one of the things that Notre Dame has – Notre Dame has been very much ahead of this They from a recruiting standpoint. And, and I don't know how they're doing with their current team. I have no idea what they're doing there. Haven't got any feedback on that. But from talking to recruits and parents and coaches from, from high school kids – Notre Dame is, this has been a big part of Notre Dame's pitch since it first started really coming down the pike, which is no matter what you think about Notre Dame, it is a giant brand. And yes, they don't have the on-field success that Alabama's had, but this is a giant brand, okay? If you go to Ireland, if you go to Italy, if you go to England, people know about Notre Dame. And that's not true, necessarily true of Alabama, right? This is a giant brand. And, you know, I mean, there is there's a reason there's only one school that has their own TV network. Right. I mean, let's be honest about that. So now Notre Dame has an opportunity to to use that to their advantage. And look, what's one of the disadvantages people have said in the past is, well, you know, these schools pay players and all those kind of things. Well, that's negated in a lot of ways. So, okay, do you want to go to this other school because they're offering you fifty thousand dollars? Do you want to come to Notre Dame? and have you know this kind of brand and, and really make yourself some serious bank to where not only, and here's what it also helps kids, some of this is gonna be a situation where not all these kids that are gonna have brand awareness are gonna end, end up becoming great NFL players, but a lot of these kids, especially if you go to Notre Dame, especially if you go to the Mendoza School of Business, you're gonna be in a situation where you can still take this to the next level, even if football isn't what you're doing past Notre Dame. That's a great selling point if you're Notre Dame. Like, oh, by the way, we're a top five football team. Oh, by the way, we're the biggest brand in the country. Oh, and by the way, you can also go to the number one business school in the country. You want to talk about being able to build your brand up and have that that type of education behind it? Now, all of a sudden, Notre Dame's able to level the playing field with some of these some of these kids that maybe in the past might not have looked at Notre Dame for that reason. Could you see them offering classes 
to student athletes, you know, how to build that your is, brand. <laughs> that is one thing the NCAA has done a horrible job on. That, see, I'm a big fan of amateurism. I just think the NCAA has defined amateurism in such a stupid way that it's it, you're going to end up throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Mm-hmm. I've always felt that schools should be able to. Why is it? The, the whole thing was, well, you can't benefit off being an athlete. Okay, fine. But why are we punishing kids for being athletes? So if you go to Notre Dame to be a teacher or an engineer or anything else that you want to do, there are classes geared towards helping you do that when you get out of there. Not with football. With football, no, sorry, you have to take a bunch of classes that may or may not help you with what you want to do in your career. That's dumb. Why aren't we able to t- create legitimate tracks? Now, again, you need to make sure that they're not making fake classes like North Carolina was alleged to have done. And I think we all know that they actually did. And the NCAA mm-hmm. cowered away from that one as well. But why can't these young people who are athletes be able to take classes on marketing? If you're a five-star basketball player and everyone knows you're only going to be in college for a year or two, why can't you take classes on branding, marketing, business ethics, you know, uh, communication, all these type of things that can then help you to not get screwed over when you go into that next level and these professionals are going to be able to kind of, you know, hey, you need to do this. Well, I took this class in Kentucky that tells me I shouldn't be listening to you right now, and I'm going to go ahead and find <laughs> someone with a little bit more more morals or ethics or who's not going to try to screw me over. Why is it only athletes can't do that? If we're all about helping the athletes, as long as they're legitimate college-level courses that are geared to help these young people, and the other thing is people, well, kids don't want to go to class. They would if it was for something like that. Yeah. If it was for something that was going to help them take their – their talent and turn it into money down the road, they absolutely would show up for that class. And, and so it's just one of the many missed opportunities that the NCAA has done, uh, which is why I've, I think ultimately at the end, you know, in, the, in the next decade or so, we may not even have an NCAA. And you know what? I used to be very much against that. Now I'm at the point where it's like, good, let's start over with something that's not stupid. Yeah, I can't disagree. Can't disagree at all. Brian Driscoll from irishbreakdown.com talking a little Notre Dame football in his new time slot. Mondays at 5.30 here on Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat. I was just talking about the current state of Notre Dame football. Your choices for how you would rate it. Excellent, good, fair, below average, and poor. What do you go with? I would go good, and if I would ask, I would say, hey, can I uh, can I create a category of very good? Okay. Because I don't think we can say it's great, right? Because they haven't won that big game. They haven't sure. won a playoff game. They haven't been competitive in those stages. But I don't want to just say good because I feel like they have been in the playoff two of the last three years. They have, have had some big wins. They are recruiting at a high level. So things are very good. It's just, okay, can you kick down that final door? I mean, that's the only thing standing between them and great is that big win, right? That playoff win, that championship, things like that. But I, I think it's in a very good place. And the way that they're recruiting in 2022 and they just kicked off 2023, I think things are also trending in a positive direction. Well, and in either direction, could anything that happens this season affect that grade for you? Oh, absolutely. I mean, if they take a big step back and go eight and four this year and and not reload like every other big time program does, yeah, it's just good. It's good. Okay. So, you know, you're able to ride a wave of a veteran quarterback and, you know, some veteran defensive linemen and, you know, we're part of the 2018 thing. And now they're all gone and you kind of got to start over. You're not, you know, you're not living off of what Harry Heastan built on the offensive line anymore and all those kind of things. And they take a step back against the schedule they play, which is challenging, but not. You know, it's not the brutal schedule they used to play in the 80s and 90s. Sure. Uh, yeah, that would that would say that tells me, okay, maybe they're not where they need to be. And then, of course, Sean, on the other side of it is if they kick down that door and they go win a championship or even if they win a playoff game and then let's say, you know, they have a similar to what Clemson and Bama did in 2015, they lose to Ohio State or Clemson or Bama, uh, but do so in a, in a four-quarter game where it's, hey, whoever gets the ball last wins. 
yeah, okay, that that moves the needle for me in a positive direction as well. You just mentioned scheduling in there, you know, like the, the way they used to schedule back in the 90s. Obviously, they've tweaked their scheduling philosophy over the last few years, really with the, the inception of the four-team college football playoff. And I can't remember, I don't think I've asked you this. If the, if the playoff expands to four, does that affect the way you think Notre Dame should schedule going forward? If it expands to 12? Oh, yeah. Did I say four? Yeah, if it expands yes, to sir. 12, obviously it's at four. Yeah, if it expands to 12, does that affect and, – and, you know, with with the considerations that go with it where Notre Dame can't get a buy and, you know, all that different stuff. I think they should still schedule tough. Okay. I, I, and, and if anything, I think they need to make sure they have better schedules than what they had a couple – you know, a few of the last few years. You know, but, but like – Last year, I don't fault them for last year's schedule because last year's schedule was supposed to be tougher than it was. You know, they can't they can't help the fact that conferences just decided they weren't going to play football and then you know change their minds down the road. So, because here's here's the reason for that, Sean is if you're Notre Dame, okay, you can't get a, a top four seed, but if you schedule soft and you don't have a, a you know a good strength to schedule, let's assume that that actually means something, and you're down there as an eight nine seed. Now all of a sudden, you got to play the one seed in this in the quarterfinals, okay. I think they should still be jockeying for that 5-6 position. So, number one, you want to make sure you get a home game, which, you know, 5-8 through eight can get a home game. Okay, that's fine. You, you right. know, if you have a good schedule and you have a loss, you're still going to be 5-8. to eight. But I think, you know, they need to be able to jockey for that 5-6 position so that way they're playing, you know, in my opinion, the 3 or 4 seed as opposed to the 1 or the 2 seed in the quarterfinals. I think that's important. And the reality is, is you need to schedule tough enough to where if you do lose a game, you're going to still be able to have a 5 or 6 seed. And that's the problem is, you know, you could – you go undefeated, obviously you're going to have a, a, a five or six seed. But going undefeated is tough no matter how soft your schedule is. Right. You need to make sure that you can also protect yourself to where if you do lose a game, you still have a tough enough schedule to where you're going to still get respect. Whereas if Notre Dame would have lost to Clemson in the regular season this year, nobody would have respected their schedule. Like, who'd you beat? Boston College? North Carolina? Right? But So I think they need to make sure that that schedule's tougher. And again, I don't fault them for that because that was a unique situation that they didn't plan for. They were just lucky to have 10 games, you know, 12 games in the sure. regular, this past season. But in, in theory, like, you know, when you play it out, you need to make sure that you still have quality wins on your schedule so that you can jockey for that higher positioning, which then get, makes your path more advantageous to where you're playing the 3-4 seeds in the quarterfinals and not getting, you know, Alabama and Clemson in the quarterfinals every year, which is sort of your... You want to have a couple games under your belt before you get to that point, in my opinion. Interesting. See, because like the way I was looking at it is the trade-off is they've they've kind of scheduled up. They've added these tougher games, Georgia's Ohio State next year. You know those those kind of games with the to kind of, to offset the fact that they don't play in a conference championship game. But now under this, obviously, because Notre Dame doesn't play in a conference championship right. game you know the trade-off was yeah. well you're going to have to play an extra game in the playoffs right if it but goes i think there. they got a jockey for the right positioning in that first round that's yeah, that makes that's sense. the thing for me you know so even yeah okay you can't get a four but would you rather be five or would you rather be eight i mean that yeah. that's kind of where where i go where i look it, at it and you also obviously have to make sure you're playing competitive games right. against those teams right in, you know right in those games right all right, we started off by talking recruiting. We'll talk more recruiting with you on Thursday, of course. And and as you've always said, you don't like to to you know to to spoil when these guys are going to announce their commitments and stuff like that. But a after two quick commitments here, uh, 
Keely, I don't even know if we mentioned, he's the 2023 class. Craig from the 2022 class. Do you anticipate maybe anything else happening this week? I think you and I might talk more than just one more time this week. Okay. All right. How about that? Is that, so, is that good enough? Because that's again, good you know for me. Thing. I don't want this is their this is the each of these kids moment. This is their opportunity to kind of make their pledge when and how they want to. And I don't like to be that guy. Like you know, let's make twenty five crystal balls about one kid the day of his announcement. <laughs> exactly. Gee, I wonder where he's going. Uh, I'm not going to do that, but I will say I think you and I are going to probably talk more than just one more time this week. Okay. And I did see there's someone there, there's another kid who I think is going to announce on Friday. It, that would be Jaden Bellamy. He's a defensive right. back from Bergen Catholic. Teammate of Notre Dame quarterback commit uh, Steve Angeli. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sounds good. Brian, tell everybody what's going on right now at irishbreakdown.com. Well, we have a lot of analysis of Keon Keeley on our front page, but we also had a really interesting – so Ryan Roberts, who does NFL draft analysis for Irish Breakdown, he also works for other entities. He put his first mock draft of 2022, and he has Kyle Hamilton picking – in a place that would make him the highest drafted safety since 1991 when I was wow. in middle school. <laughs> and so he is very high on Kyle Hamilton, but he also had another Notre Dame player going in the first 20 picks. So it was very interesting to see that. Hmm. And he had a former Notre Dame quarterback being picked ninth overall. So it was a very interesting mock draft. So I have that on my side as well. All right. I'm going to have to go check that out. Yeah. Then. That, that, Not yeah. clickbait, Sean. It was good stuff. <laughs> That's right. Very interesting. <laughs> you never have clickbait. What are you talking about? I know Brian that. Driscoll. I'm just making Quick sure bait. you know that. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Brian Driscoll, always great to have you. And it, it sounds like I'll probably be talking to you before Thursday. But if not, I, I will talk so. to you Thursday. Sounds good. Thanks for having right. me on. As always, Brian Driscoll from irishbreakdown.com. Check out all the Notre Dame content that you want at irishbreakdown.com. We'll take a timeout and we've come back. The My 5 Question of the Day. That is next when Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat continues on Sports Radio 960 AM WSBT. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. 
Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.